I promised a shorter message, and I'm going to get that. I'm going to deliver that. So what we're going to do, if you don't mind, Miss, uh, Miss Sabrina, is we're going to jump forward to that 1 Corinthians body passage. Uh, that's number 16 and number 17. And y'all don't be thinking anything about those numbers, all right? Don't you dare. Don't think to yourself, man, I just dodged 15 slides. Yes, you did, I suppose. Well, I'm going to share this passage of Scripture with you in just a moment. Um, and I also just want to tell you that later on, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about this. How many of you are old enough to remember what this is? Can I see your hands? Do y'all remember what this is? Some of y'all are like, oh, I'm feeling nostalgic, right? This is called an atlas. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you a little bit about this atlas here in just a few minutes. But let me just share a little bit with you about where we're at and what I want to speak about today. And the idea and the concept that we have been sharing about getting our life back, I, I want to share with you something that is incredibly um, apropos, something that really, really fits on Martin Luther King weekend. And it is also that very thing that we just sang about, that thing that unites us and brings us together, that thing that gives us power of forgiveness and grace. It is all found in the blood of Christ. We are his family and we are one body. And so no matter where your heritage is from, no matter what color your skin is, no matter what language you were born speaking, right? Not born speaking, but you know what I mean. No matter where you are from or what your background or by the way, no matter what sin has kept you from God in the past, it all is washed away and all that God sees when he sees you is the blood and the forgiveness of Christ applied to your life and mine. And for me personally, one of the things that gives me hope in the midst of all the craziness that's been going on, not just having to do with COVID and the, and the, the disease itself, but all of the social upheaval that's happened and all the things that have happened recently in our lives, I have hope because I believe that there is one unifying factor that can never be changed and never will lose its power. And that is the power that is given to us through the blood of Jesus Christ that makes us all one body. And in the passage of scripture from 1 Corinthians, eventually I'll be teaching that on Wednesday night, but I want to share a little bit of it with you today. This is parts of this condensed down. There's tons to read here, but I want you to hear from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It begins this way, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form just one body, so it is with Christ. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it so that there would be no division in the body. And then we go on a little further and we read on the next slide, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. And if one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. I just want to remind you of this fact. No matter what your background is, you are now a part of the body of Christ. And it says very clearly in this passage of scripture 
that we have need for every single part. And so let me just remind you that the way forward for us in this world is through the path of healing that comes through the unity of Christ. Now, Dr. Martin Luther King has become more and more and more of a man who is an icon in my eyes as I've learned and studied more and more of his life. There are some amazing quotes that he has said, and it's amazing to me how perfectly they fit in 2021. I've got a quick video that we're going to show, and then I want to talk about what that means to be a part of the body of Christ and how that fits into us getting our life back. Let's look at this video first. Check it out. You know, being reminded that we are all one in Christ is kind of like a forest made up of a lot of different trees. This is a beautiful picture that you see here on the screen, and this is actually the Redwood Forest out in uh, California, in Northern California, one of the prettiest places you've ever seen if you've been able to see it in real life. This is actually where they filmed the Ewok planet. If you're into Star Wars, if you're a Star Wars nerd, and I mean that with all love, right? Uh, that is actually where they took the video and shared that uh, as a part of the, the set. Here's what's incredible about the, 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 the forest and the trees that make up that forest. You and I don't realize this. This is something that you probably haven't ever heard. But in the book that we're preaching from, from John Eldridge entitled Get Your Life Back, he talks about how sometimes these trees, they become diseased. It's not just redwoods. It's all trees in every forest. And what's incredibly interesting is, is that when a tree becomes diseased, it puts out a certain kind of enzyme and lets all the other trees know that it's got problems going on in its life, that it's dealing with disease, basically. If there's like a beetle or something that's coming in and boring and it's very, very invasive, it lets the other trees know. And here's what is absolutely amazing. The other trees, through the root system that is entangled, get the signal 
and they begin to send additional enzymes to the other trees to give them extra strength to go back against those things that they're facing. Isn't that amazing? You think about this for just a second, and how does that fit into the life of Christ? How does that fit into the one body? How does that fit into Martin Luther King weekend? How does it fit into the EHC context? Here's what I would say. It's all the same, and it's just this. We are connected, and no matter who you are, where you're from, you are a part of me, and I am a part of you. Not because I'm woke, not because I'm a friend, not any of those things. We are connected because God said we're connected. I don't have a choice in the matter. I can't tell God, hey, I want to be a part of the family, but can we exclude those other people? You know, I don't really get along with them as much as I'd like. Maybe it should just be us. That's not God at all. Even just saying it sounds weird, right? It sounds creepy and, and wrong in every way. But yet in our minds, we often think that we're the ones who determine who's an important part or who's a lesser part of God's family. And if anything that you and I are doing is diminishing God's family, man, we've got it twisted around in our mind. Can I get an amen on that, right? Amen? And so we've got to be very careful that we don't come to the place where we think we're the ones who are telling God what to do about his family because we're just not. And so if the Bible tells us clearly that every part of the body matters to God, it had better start mattering to us. Now, I'm just going to tell you this. You can say all kinds of bad things about me, and probably eventually, I'll be heard about it, but I'm probably going to forgive you. But if you come after some of my kids, and you start saying a bunch of bad stuff about my kids, I'm probably not going to approach you as a pastor. I'm probably going to approach you as a father and as a man, and I probably am not going to talk to you in the way that you might expect a pastor to talk to you, right? Because those are my kids, and you want to hurt me, you hurt my kids, and now we've got a real problem. And I want to be a forgiving man, but probably the best way to wonder if I, how far my forgiveness goes is to say something bad about my kids. Can I get an amen from the mamas in the house, right? That's just the way it is. Daddy's in the house, y'all know. You know what I'm talking about, too. Don't mess with my kids. What do you think God thinks? When we, his people try to draw lines and say they belong and they don't belong. Don't mess with my kids. Don't mess with his children. He has said in his word that every single one of us matter to him and that one part of the body hurts, then all the body hurts with it. And one part is shown glory and honor, then all receive the glory and honor. For us as modern Christians, we gotta be a whole lot better at being one body than we have been. And especially in 2021, man, we've carved this thing up in so many different ways where you're a part of me, but not all the way. And you're kind of with me, but you're kind of not. And I, I think God is probably looking at us going, man, I, I thought it was my call. I didn't know it was yours, Randy. Right? Because the truth of the matter is, is that for most of us, we need to get on God's page, not tell him to get on ours. And so for us, no matter who we are or where we are, we need to get serious about saying, you know what, if there's a part of the body that's hurt, then we need to be part of the group that is right now, it's my turn to give, not to receive, but eventually it will probably be my turn to receive from the body. And when that time comes, I want there to be somebody there to do that, right? 
And so as we talk about this for just a moment, and as we talked about the white envelope and how does this fit in, and all of these things actually really do come together, at least in my head, they sure do. When we are looking at being people who were fortunate enough to live or maybe be born uh, in this nation where you can be living at the poverty line and be rich in most other nations, it is a blessing and it is probably even an obligation or a responsibility that we as his people say, there's another part of the body that I know of. They're good people, but they're hurting through no fault of their own. They're struggling. We want to send to them those things that they need. And we've been a financial blessing. I'm not on us. I'm not knocking us. I'm telling us this is what we did. And this is a godly and godlike thing. I'm super proud of our church body for what we've done. And so I want to say thank you. But I also want to just say, to be honest with you, this is what we should be doing more often. And I want to be honest with you, I want to see us be that kind of church. I want to see us be the kind of church that consistently gets involved in other people who are struggling. And no matter whether it's the, the group that's across the border or whether it's around the corner, we know of somebody who's hurting, we want to be a blessing. And I'm just going to be very blunt with you. I have felt the moving of the Lord for this to be something that we need to do better in 2021. And so what I'm going to do is every time a fifth Sunday rolls around, I'm going to have something that we're going to be talking about where you can be a part of giving, where you can be a part of being a blessing. Now, I don't want you to do this if you don't feel it. If you don't feel like God is leading you or if you don't feel like God will bless or take up the slack that you have to give, then don't give. But I will tell you this, as a man who has been tithing since before I was 17 years old and have never stopped tithing, I have never, ever been able to outgive God. And every time I've ever given, he has given in return. And every time I've made a sacrifice, he has given back to me. Most of the time, it is in other blessings, but sometimes it's even in the financial ones. But for most, most of us, we need to grasp and understand that part of what we can do as a body of Christ is be a blessing outside of our own context. And so I'm going to tell you, just encourage you to be a part. But if you do not want to be a part, don't. But Because I know that there will be enough who do want to be a part that we can still be a blessing. Every time a fifth Sunday rolls around, we're going to have a cause. We're going to have a place that we can give. And if you feel led to do it, I want you to do it. If you don't, I don't want you to feel obligated. But then maybe in a few months later, you'll say, you know what? God has been very good to me and I do want to be a part. So I just encourage you. We'll share more of that and I will tell you more as that comes along. But here is what I believe. Here's what I believe. I, I don't often put this up because normally I'm just trying to speak through the word of God and that kind of thing. But this just comes from a pastor as a person who sees things in his own situation that he's witnessed. I believe that when we do self-sacrificing acts, especially when we're operating in the power and the gifting and the calling of God, we connect with God and we build up his people. I believe this with all of my heart. Here's what I mean. Let me just explain it to you in this way. I believe that, for example, I believe that I have a gift to preach and to teach. I'm not saying I'm the most gifted. I'm not trying to say anything to pat me on the back. But here's what I believe. I believe that since that is my gift, that every time I use it, 
I feel the power of God move in me. And I can't really explain it or, move, or explain that movement. But I know that some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Not that you are all teachers. Some of you are singers. Some of you are people who have a passion and a heart for kids. Some of you love to host and be hostesses or hosts and have people come into your home. Some of you literally feel like you are doing God's work when you are scrubbing a floor or sweeping a floor or cleaning up something because that's just what you feel that God has asked you to do. Because we have gifts of service and gifts of teaching and gifts of uh, worship and all the different things, gifts of administration. Some of you, you have these things that are gifts that have been given to you. And every time you use them, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're coming just a little closer to God. Some of you are prayer warriors and intercessors. And every time you pray for other people, not for yourself, every time you pray for someone else, you get the benefit of feeling closer to God. I can't explain it, but I will tell you that this is what I believe. I believe that we connect with God. It's just one more path. I've talked about this with Naeem before, because if you don't know Naeem, I'll tell you, this dude is incredibly gifted. He can play the piano, the drums, the bass. He can sing. He plays the guitar like he needs to be on a CD, right? So he can do all of these things, and he does them all just incredibly easily, right? You're amazing, man. That is a gift. Now, I can barely play the radio uh, and do it right. You're playing all these other instruments, and you're doing it incredibly well. It's a gift. And I have a feeling that, as we've talked about in the past, when you play, you can feel the power of the Lord come in you, and you know that he's blessing through you. Here's what I'm saying to you. Here's why I'm saying what I'm saying to you. For many of us, we're looking around going, I hear God occasionally here and there. But for most of us, we haven't rolled up our sleeves and figured out what my gift is and what puts me into the presence of God and what consistently is a blessing to other people. Here is what I would say. For many of us, I can feel the presence of God when I say, I'm making a small sacrifice, but God multiplies it like what Eric was talking about earlier. And so if you're a person who has not yet found that, if you're not a person who has said, I'm getting involved and I'm doing what God has gifted and enabled me to do, if you're not doing those things, you're missing out on one more connection with the God who created you. But the more you do that, the more you are a blessing to the others, but you're also being blessed yourself. And so when I talk about us doing this in the future, for some of you, your gift is generosity and you're going to have an opportunity to give. It's not a pressure thing, but for some of you, that is one more way that you can say, you know what? It is a blessing to be able to be connecting and connected with God in this way. Very quickly, I want to talk about this higher emotion, let's talk to the, about the higher emotions and how we have to slow down a little bit to find those higher emotions. That is slide number 22. Let's check this out very quickly and then I'll share this with you. According to Antonio Damasio, the University of Southern California's Brain and Creativity Institute, he says that higher emotions such as empathy and compassion emerge from neural processes that are inherently slow. 
In other words, until you and I choose to slow down, we probably won't experience the presence of God in such a way because we just simply won't slow down. And we'll go through life on 100 miles an hour and not see all the needs that are surrounding us everywhere we are. If you and I can slow down, though, we begin to act and become more like Christ. Look back to the passage that Eric read just a few moments ago. When Eric spoke about that, the sons of Zebedee's mom, that's James and John, two of the disciples sent their mom, Jesus, I want you to do me a favor. What is that favor exactly? I want you to let one of my sons sit on your right hand and one of them sit on your left hand. I want them to be the two most powerful men in the kingdom. And what does Jesus say? You don't even have an idea of what you're asking for. Do you have the ability to drink the cup that I'm going to drink? In other words, are you willing to be martyred for the cause of God? Uh, Absolutely, we are. But he doesn't go into the explanation. So they think it's not a big deal. And yet they say, yes, of course, of course. But then he says, you actually are going to be martyred. You are going to drink that cup that I'm going to drink. But here's what I would say. That's God's call, not mine. But just make sure that you catch this. That here in this world, if you're going to be great, you get served. Somebody comes along and serves you and serves you and serves you. But if you are going to be great in the kingdom of God, don't get it backwards. The way up is down and the way down is up. You are going to be a servant for everyone if you are the greatest in the kingdom of God. That's what he says. And so very quickly, here's what we see in our big idea. The connection to God flows from serving his interests not our own. In other words, when we come and we say, God, give me, give me. God, if you would give me. God, if you would just bless me. God, I'll always worship you if you give me, give me, give me. We sound just like the woman who came and asked for her sons to be on either side. And it is good for us to hear the answer that he gave. He said, those who want to be great must be the servant of all because even the son of man, that's what he calls himself. Jesus says, even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. In other words, if I will die to self, I will become that blessing to others. It is so important and so vital for us to hear. And I hope that we will be be determined above all things to be a blessing to every part of the body in every way that we possibly can. It is important. Let's say that big idea out loud together. Would you guys say it with me in just a moment? Connection to God flows from serving his interests, not our own. Would you guys share with me on the count of three? Ready? One, two, three. Connection to God flows from serving his interests and not our own. So important that we grasp this. Well, I just want to talk about the only, the one grace that we are going to talk about today. And I've already talked mostly about it. And then I'm going to end. So let's go ahead and go to the only one grace. The only one grace that is found on number 30. Slide number 30. I hate saying the numbers because y'all are probably going every week. It's 30, 35, 40, 50 slides. I know it only feels like 835 slides. Usually it's somewhat less than 835. 
Here is this, the graces of a balanced life that we can find, the hidden life of God in you. This corresponds to chapter 13 in the book, Get Your Life Back, but not totally. Part of it is this, it's the concept and the idea of the fact that that part of God that resides in us, that giftedness that shares with others, that self-sacrifice that serves and blesses others, not so that we can be blessed or that we can be known, but that he is known and others are blessed. That is where you and I begin to connect with the spirit of God that lives within us. Can I just say something real quickly? Can I tell you something? I'm going to be very honest with you. For most of you, you want to, but you won't. You want to, but you won't. And here's why you won't. Because when I talk about this stuff, you get fired up and it resonates inside of you, not because of my words, but because God has put something inside of us that says, I was built for more than just me. And so you sign up on the dotted line or you say, that's right, I'm going to do that. And the next time I get a chance to do that, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a blessing. I'm going to go and be a help. I'm going to share. I'm going to do these things. But then the day and the moment will come and you know what you will want to do? You will want to play video games (laughs) and you will want to get on the internet and you will want to go shopping You will want to watch a TV show and you will want to sleep late and you will want to do a hundred other things that you can do a hundred other times in your life. And so you will skip the one opportunity that you get to be a blessing and actually live out the things that are the higher ideals for you and for me. And you will let them pass you by and then you will wonder why there's a dull and methodical sameness to your world and your life. It's because you always do the same exact things and none of them really bring life. Is this on? Am I right? I'm right. So what you have to do is you have to say, even when the emotion passes, I will follow through. I will commit to do. I will do those things that God has created me to do. And I'm not going to stop even in the heat of the moment when I want to say, I'm just going to stay home. Oh, I don't think I want to go next door. I don't want to share that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to go to the effort. I don't want to, I don't have time. I'm really, really tired and I got off really late and man, so much going on in my head right now. All of that stuff can fall away. And amazingly, when you do what you wish that you would, and you do what you know you were created and designed for, and you are a blessing, and you're one of those trees that sends out the good rather than just simply drinks up all the good from other people, it's amazing. Because once you're done, you look around and you go, that really wasn't that bad. As a matter of fact, I'm kind of fired up. I'm kind of feeling it. Like, I'm, I can't believe I'm... I'm proud of that. I'm glad for that. I don't care if anybody else knows it. I, I'm just glad that I did that thing that God called me to do. If you've done that before, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You've been there. And you're glad that you overcame the, the hurt of the moment, the frustration, the tiredness, any of those things that could have stopped you. And you're glad that you went forward and is a blessing not only for other people, not only for the cause of God, but also incredibly for you. If you guys are with me, 
then I can go straight to the I apply by. So I just need a really good amen and then I'm almost done. Can I get a really good amen right now? Do y'all want to try that again? Give me a good amen. amen. I knew it. Y'all are like, just keep going, man. Keep going. You said shorter. Here we go. Here's the I apply by. Commit now. Commit now to be a part of our fifth week serve projects and drives. I don't know exactly what they're going to be. I just feel like the Lord is laying this on our heart that this should be a part of what we are. I believe that this is something that we should do and be a part of our church and kind of the DNA of our church. So commit now. And I want to be very, very quick about telling you this. I'm not into manipulation. I'm not going to preach about this and say, and today we're doing it. I'm not doing that because I don't want you to get fired up and then sign up and then later say that you'll, you had to do it because you signed up. I'm not going to manipulate you in that way. I only want you to give if you want to give. I only want you to participate if you want to participate. I only want you to be a part of it if you know that that's what God has laid on your heart. I'm not going to shame you into doing the right thing. I'm not. Because that ultimately backfires. Here's what I will share with you, though. Commit now while you're feeling it. Commit in your own heart and mind and decide that when the next time comes, you'll be involved. Not because you were shamed into it, not because you had to do it or felt like somebody else was watching, but just because you knew it was the right thing and the good thing to do. All right, so very quickly, I'm going to tell you what this is. If you look close, this is a road atlas. And if you don't know what that is, that basically is a way of knowing your way around without an iPhone, without a, a way to tell you how to get around. But if you look at this particular one, this is the one from our 2011 Northwest vacation. This is an awesome idea. And that's what's inside. If you were here, you could see it, but you can see it on the screen. And each one of those little things that has a circle it's where we stopped and the mileage that we had. This was the epic road trip for the Puckett family in 2011. We went on this incredible road trip. We went up to Mount Rushmore, over to Yellowstone, across Idaho and into Seattle, into Vancouver, back down into the Redwood National Forest, in through San Francisco, down across the Grand Canyon, and back to Texas. If you're wondering... Yes, we all did survive. Most of the children got home alive, right? 7,000 miles in our car. I'm telling you, it was one of the best things that we've ever done. Wasn't it, babe? It's literally like, this is the memory that I have of our family. Like, the one that I go to quickly. And there we saw the Redwood Forest. And there's a picture of us in the Redwood Forest uh, actually... That's us right there. You can see how old the kids were. That's Tatum. She's 19 now, and she's almost as tall as I am. That's us inside the redwood tree that had been hollowed out. That's a real live redwood tree that we're standing arm to arm and not even reaching the edges of. It's an incredible thing. The redwoods are absolutely amazing. We got out into God's nature, saw beauty that I've never seen before. Man, it's just an amazing thing. You know what's awesome about this? This idea was not mine. Most good ideas don't come from me. They come from my wife. 
But this wasn't even her good idea. This was the idea of my Uncle Roy, who passed the year before we took this trip. He took this trip with his boys, my cousins, kind of guys like my brothers. And this is exactly what they did. They left from Pine Bluff, Arkansas, not from Houston, Texas. We did the exact same thing, went the exact same places, experienced the exact same things. Five years later, my parents were celebrating their 50th anniversary, and we thought it would be a great idea for us to tell them, we'll send you wherever, me and my sisters, we're going to send them on a trip, we're going to send them wherever they might be. You know what they wanted to do? We told them we'd send them on a cruise. We'd send them to the Northeast to get the fall colors and all that stuff, wherever they wanted to go. They said, you know what we really want to do? We really want to take that trip that you guys took. (laughs) One person affecting all these others down the line. I've heard it on good authority that eventually this is going to be the Teague trip the Teague family trip. They're going to take some of these same paths and some of the same roads all because of one person that went and did and then came back and said, when we did, it was amazing. I would encourage you and me to decide that we will do instead of talk about, that we will go instead of wish we'd gone and that when we do go, we would be faithful to be his hands and feet. And then when we come back, that we would talk about it and say, God was there and this is what he did. This is how he blessed. And then watch how it not only is a blessing to you, it's not only a blessing to others that have been blessed in your presence and from you, but then those who didn't go realize, wow, God is there. He's able to do it. He can do anything. His power is amazing. He will multiply the five loaves and two fish for you and I if we will just simply allow him to do it. But here's the truth. Connection to God flows from serving God's interests, not our own. So that takes discipline. It takes heart. It takes courage. It takes commitment. But once we cross the line, you never want to go back. God, I thank you that you have blessed through this church body. I thank you that you have blessed through the individuals in it, people like Roseanne and Frank and Tori and and the Youngs, Scott and Alicia, and the many others who were a blessing, people who bought, people who gave, and the people who participated. They all gave, and they've all already been paid back and been a blessing. But Lord, even still, there's more yet to do It's not just the folks in Mexico. It's the people around us here. It's people that we know and people in our own church body even at times that we could be a blessing to. But Lord, we, your people, need to roll up our sleeves and say, this is about God's power, not mine. I will just show up and let God show out. If we would do that more, Lord, we would be a better place. And your mercy and your truth and your justice and your goodness and your power would flow in ways that never have before because we have allowed you to speak to us and through us. May that be true, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name we pray.